back to class, everybody. I am Ethan from the Weebology Podcast. And I am your clean professor, Ricky. I was feeling pretty rough this morning. My brother had his birthday yesterday, and we got a little uh, a little boozy at the pool. But uh, I, shower, I feel... Once, huh? <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel He's good. He's sick, fucker. He's sick, fuck. Uh, I feel good. I feel clean. I am happy to be on mic. We are doing this remotely for the time being. Because uh, Ethan's a little bit of a sickly boy at the moment. Yeah, just, you know, been going through it last couple of days. Uh, we'll just see what happens here. But uh, enough of that. I mean, enough of that. I just hope you feel better soon, buddy. But today yeah. we're, we're going back to some old segments, the classics, the ones you know and love. We're going to start out with an over underrated for Master Roshi. Of Dragon Ball fame, the 400-something-year-old sensei who is, uh, we'll be debating whether he is over or underrated, and I'm taking the very hard, I love taking the hard options with these, by the way. <laughs> you better. I do. So I'm going to try to argue that Master Roshi's overrated, and Ethan will be taking underrated, which he's probably going to have a walk in the park with, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my damnedest. I'm going to get after it. You do that, um, man. I'm going to try. But then after that, we are going to do a Worst of Weeb segment. We literally just got done watching Skelter Heaven, an OVA from 2004 from Idea Factory that got a 1.87 on my anime list. That's abysmal. That's abysmal. Knowing <laughs> knowing my anime, like, you know, we had a discussion recently, Ethan, that mal ratings are a little bit. I don't know how you say unreliable. They're fucking inflated. <laughs> it's They're insane. inflated. But I think what that does is the fact that this thing has a below a two is is very telling. It's very telling. So we will get into dissecting one of the worst and not even fun OVAs that I've seen in recent memory. Honestly. It was uh <laughs> it was bad. I mean we'll get it to it. Bad. I'm I'm not gonna like blow shit up yet, but yeah, not yet, is all but I can soon. say. But soon, but soon. But okay, let's get the debate going. Let's do it, Master, bro. Master Roshi, over underrated. Ethan, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Why do you think he's underrated? I why think that's think, fair. Yeah, so, why do you think he's underrated? So I think what we should do like going forward is anytime someone has like a clearly harder option, yeah. they, they should go second so that they can just respond to the person, you know, and like have a little bit extra ammo. I have notes. I do have notes, and it's it's a it's a decent argument, but we'll see what happens. Well, I'm just saying, I think it's 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 better for the person who has a harder argument to go second, so they can kind of like have a little extra. You know what I mean? Yeah, giving a little leg up on the right, uh, right. on the mountain they have to climb. So yeah, because generally, generally I have yeah. the easier easier thing, and I get to go second, so I could just shred your bad <laughs> I argument, destroy you, um, tear you to shreds. Anyway, yeah, go so for I'm it, gonna man. start off. Uh, so, Master Roshi, the um, hermit, you know, the old, the mm -hmm. old man. Uh, oh, man. So, in the beginning of the series, back in you know Dragon Ball, he is around three hundred and fifty years old. He's an old motherfucker. Like he's really old. Yeah. So, Master Roshi is called Muten Roshi, which translates to basically invincible roshi or undying roshi so That's he is cool i didn't know that yeah he is actually legitimately um immortal except for yes except for like obviously he can get killed in battle and stuff like that but he can't die okay. of old age which is why he's 400 fucking years old <laughs> so roshi is unkillable well, not sorry. <laughs> un <By now>. un, <laughs> un unlivable via natural causes. <laughs> um, nice linguistic skills right thanks, there, my dude. Bro. Uh yeah. And he is a world renowned martial artist. He won both the thirteenth and the twenty first world martial arts tournaments. He is mm. but a lowly human, but has fought and scrapped with legitimately calamity you know world calamity universe calamity type people like king piccolo 
Um, obviously later he fought young Piccolo. He fought, he helped fight, uh, well, not really Boo or Cell because he just kind of like tapped out of both of those. But he did uh-huh. end up going in super to the you know world tournament or you know whatever they called it tournament, tournament, tournament of, power. of power. Yes. Um, but Roshi has this ability where he looks like this old kind of scrappy old dude, and he can basically return to one of his earlier like beef forms, and he becomes significantly stronger. Early on in, in Dragon Ball, they they remark that his power level is like 150 or something like that. For a human, um, that's insane. Right. Actually. So yeah. this was actually, I think it's early Dragon Ball Z. And so at, at 150, he's 30 times the an average human in terms of strength. Um, because a normal human's like five, you know, the guy with the right. shotgun, farmer with a shotgun yeah. was five. Can I ask you real quick? Do they ever show him going that beefy form before Super? Yeah, I think they do in Dragon Ball, right? Uh, Maybe once or twice. Not in Dragon Ball because he was just a straight up thug already. Okay, I think he, he did in V at some point. Okay, okay. I mean, to be honest, in Dragon Ball, he was not even close to pressed, except for King Piccolo. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that in a second. But um, so he's 30 times, you know, the average human strength. He is an insane teacher. He's taught Krillin, Yancha, who are basically two of the strongest humans of all time. <laughs> um, <laughs> his rival taught Tian Shinhan, who is probably the strongest human of all time other than Krillin. Um like I said, he won two times in the World Martial Arts Tournament. He right. taught Goku, who, um, you know, <laughs> strongest person <laughs> of all time. Say Pretty it. much, yeah. Uh, he taught it. Goku's grandfather, Gohan, who made Goku the man he is and basically stopped him from being, you know, the world-killing guy he could have been. Um, now, that's just to say kind of like some of the stuff he did, you know, he was beats. a tough teacher, yeah. a good teacher, um, and relatively a good guy in general. He also, if you recall, actually, that 21st World World Martial Arts Tournament, he beat Goku as a kid to win that. And what he was trying to teach him is like, yes, you're strong. Yes, you're whatever. But, you know, this old man, Jackie Chun, can still kick your ass. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, he basically humbled him when he needed to be humbled. And that led to Goku winning the 20, 23rd two years later after Tien kicked his ass the next year. Um, but anywho, so he, you know, he's a very good teacher. He basically has a hand in everyone's training um, from Earth. He is the inventor of the Kamehameha Wave, which is the absolute most iconic move in any anime of all time. I think um, it's the mo- I think it's the most. That's what I think I said. All, yeah. Well, I was just thinking like Rasengan's and stuff. No and fucking way. Tesho. But no, no, I was saying these are the ones that would be like second and third, but it doesn't even hold a candle to Kamehameha. 100%. Yeah. Um, and then so beyond that, he also has some pretty crazy feats. So as I mentioned with his fight with King Piccolo originally, he ends up using this 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 move called the Evil Containment Wave or the Mafuba, which he mm-hmm. created. It's a, it's a kind of like a, sorry, he did not create it, but he learned it from Master Mutaito. He basically has this ability where he can contain evil and put it into to like a small container of some sort, similar to, if you know from, um, from Naruto, the, yeah. the, the big fucking the ceiling gourd. gourd. Yeah, the yeah. ceiling gourd. Yeah, yeah. So he, he um, actually stopped King Piccolo originally by sealing him into a <laughs> rice cooker. <laughs> it's it's one of the few like hacks that exist. In oh yeah, the it's like universe. Yeah, unreal fucking hack. Yeah, it's like honestly a joke how much of a hack right. it is. Um, and so much so that he legit pulls it out in the fucking tournament of power. <laughs> right to fight against multi universe 
uh like fighters of an elite status across all universes he manages to pull it out so yeah i've i've thought about that actually yeah so pretty ridiculous he also has a few other like just random techniques that previous to dragon ball z and super and all that stuff were basically unheard of he has the master rossi shocking technique where he can literally like shoot 20,000 volts out of his hand so he totally basically forgot he can, force. It's essentially yeah it's force lightning i was just gonna say yeah. it's essentially force lightning um and of course he's like you know the absolute comic relief of the entire show with his perviness um he's a pretty pervy dude <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's a pretty the original pervy sage if you know what hey, i mean man, when you when you live 400 years you know you gotta you gotta get you you gotta get yours somehow you know he knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally dude uh yeah i think he's got like a ridiculous track record in terms of his um teaching i think he even you know finds himself to be more useful as time goes on he you know the fact that he's chosen for the tournament of power i think is just a testament to his long-standing usefulness to this team and to earth in general and uh you know i would you know not want to be protected by anyone else other than Muten Rushi. Ooh, what a good what a good ending tagline to that argument. I gotta say, it's well done. Thanks. Dude. So, so <laughs> my overrated argument. It, it, there's a couple points in there that if I had also, to argue, Kami it, House, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that house is dope. Like that house will never be argued that it's overrated. It's a very yeah, underrated spot. It's great. <laughs> but as far as Master Roshi goes. He is a man who everyone celebrates as being one of the most iconic senseis, iconic teachers in anime for one of the most iconic protagonists in anime, Goku. Um, but if you look at his training regimen, he basically stops training altogether around right after King Piccolo situation happens. He doesn't even he's not even involved in Frieza, obviously, because that's in space, but he's not involved in Cell. He's not involved in Boo. He only just kind of comes back in Super. But through that entire time, for a man whose entire life has revolved around martial arts, he just stops. He just completely stops training as far as we know. He just resides in Kami House. He just sits there. And somehow, some way, he just becomes this beefy boy supreme, like as a character, written character. That's such an asshole it's so shoehorned the fact that he is not training this entire time and then suddenly is good enough to compete in the tournament of power i think master roshi is a shoehorn character because they want to get him involved somehow and they're just like oh yeah let's just bring him in but they never show him training they never show him doing anything to get stronger than what he was in even early dragon ball z so when you look at his feats right he was the inventor of the Kamehameha wave, the turtle wave, if you will, but that's, you, you got to look at it. Like it took him 50 years to complete an energy blast technique where not only did kid Goku figure it out in literally 30 seconds, but also shooting energy out of your hands, shooting key blasts is not very specific to the Kamehameha wave. Everyone's been doing it. Uh, shit, even even Krillin's got the Destructo disc, right? He came up with that on his own. So key blasts are not exactly new. They're things that everyone in this universe can do, and yet it took him fifty years to figure out how to shoot a single energy blast technique wave kind of thing. Really, for a guy who has devoted his entire life to martial arts, and yet you have Krillin creating a technique so potent. And different than the Kamehameha wave, that's it's a key blast for all things considered. But it was so potent that Frieza felt the need to steal it because it was so good. Now, Krillin might be a student of Master Roshi, sure. But if it took a man who is considered one of the strongest humans on Earth 50 years to figure out how to do one key blast technique, is he really that potent? Is he really that good at? you know, key usage and key fighting and key combat. I don't think so because this is something that everyone seems to be able to do. Other powers exist that he should be able to do that. He just doesn't do because he's lazy as hell. Example flying his rival in dragon ball figured out how to fly. And I don't think that master Roshi 
necessarily doesn't have the skill to learn it. I think he could learn how to fly. And yet, in my research, I've seen a lot of people ask on forums, why can't Master Roshi fly? And in my opinion, from what I've read, he's just a lazy dude. He's just lazy. He could do it, but I think that's what makes him overrated is because we celebrate him as a man who's devoted his life to martial arts, and yet he just stops when the world needs people like him the most. Sell, boo, everything. If <laughs> Don't avatar suddenly... this shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When, when we needed him most, he vanished. He vanished <laughs> and went to live on a beach in a house somewhere. But no, what I'm saying is he he was so involved in Super and he was good enough in Super, as shoehorned and ass-pulled as it was, that he just was suddenly good enough to get two kills and a near knockoff with one of the third person. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get his character in that regard, because I, you would think those are the times... Think if Goku wasn't there, and he never came to planet Earth, but yet Cell came, and Boo came. Master Roshi would be the guy, right? But I don't think... I don't think he should have hit the sidelines for Cell and Boo. If he is doing what he's doing in the Tournament of Power, why didn't he show up in Cell and Boo? Because he's a lazy motherfucker. He just is like, ah, they got it. It's fine. But like, shit, I mean, the, the Earth was in danger in those situations the same way the Earth was in danger in the Tournament of Power. Remember, it was going to be Boo, and a literal galaxy eater was going to be on the team. But because he fell asleep, they pulled in Master Roshi. He was the backup. He was literally understudy, which makes sense because Boo is actually kind of a beast. But if he had that kind of power during Super, why did not why did he not participate in the Cell games or trying to defeat Boo? Like and even the Boo saga, they were at their wits end on their roster, right? They literally had nobody else the very end. And thank God Vegito showed up or it was a Gogeta. I'm not quite sure which which fusion that one was, but I think it's Vegito. But why didn't he participate? Why, as strong as you're saying he is, why did he not show up? And I think it's because he actually isn't as great. He's not as altruistic or anything like that. He isn't. And he's just not like the best actual guy. He's good at martial arts, sure. But he just like, he, he stopped. He stopped training for like a long, long time. And somehow he's this powerful and super. He still can't even fly, but he, he can learn it. I don't know. He, he, him as a character, I think he is overrated because he resigned himself. He was that really potent sensei in Dragon Ball, the original. But then Dragon Ball Z and Super, he just kind of like stopped giving a shit. And I mean, take that for what you will. If you're into that kind of character, that's cool. But as far as everyone celebrates him for, his showings throughout the entirety of Dragon Ball Z is basically nil. He's got nothing. And it's not that he couldn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He's not that great as a character because he just doesn't perform his duties as one of the Earth's strongest people. And it took him 50 years to figure out how to fire key out of his hands. The same way that Krillin made a technique so potent that aliens are stealing it. And Goku learned his lifetime's masterpiece work technique the Kamehameha wave in like 30 seconds and did it better than him at what age eight, seven, maybe I don't know. So I don't know. He just keeps getting trounced on by humans and Saiyans alike. And people celebrate him for being this amazing, this amazing human. And he's, he is top tier as far as humans go, but everyone he's ever taught could probably kick his ass in a heartbeat, in my opinion. So that's my overrated argument. He, he once was good. But in his own words, he has passed his prime, and he's overrated for that. Are you done? I am done. <laughs> um, what you got? I mean, it was an okay argument. I think there's a couple yeah. things that like instantly kind of go against what you're saying. Um, so, like, as a teacher, don't you want your students to be much better than you? Of course. Of Same course. as like a parent, you want your your child to achieve more than you did. But it, it's. That's the thing we're talking about is it's the responsibility of his students, Yamcha and Krillin and Goku. They're the defenders of the planet, of the universe, of the multiverse, even at some points. I want to hear from you. Why do you think he just doesn't involve himself at all in Z? He's essentially not involved in anything in Z. Yeah, but so you think he, he does he kind be, of right? mention a few times, like, 
he's basically past his prime and his students are much stronger than him. If it goes through them, I mean, really, if, if Goku dies in any situation, Piccolo dies, Krillin dies, Gohan dies, and it's down to him. I mean, they're probably going to fucking lose. And he knows that he knows these guys are stronger than him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, uh, if you, you probably don't remember, but there's a certain s- section of the boo saga i believe it's either boo or cell where they're talking about the z fighters and i think tn and and chaozu actually decide not even to go because they're just like look he's just significantly stronger than us and that i think that's boo because in cell tn had that's right he had he had he had some involvement he was there for sure so i think so it's in too. i remember that he got blown yeah. up i think mm-hmm. so for boo he like straight up says look we're, we're not going to be of any help and we're just not strong enough to help so they don't even go to that fight at all right and so yeah. tn is significantly stronger than uh, master R- roshi at this point so what is he a bad guy because he he understands he has no fucking chance. Well, you I gotta think- you gotta look you gotta look at them as martial artists, right? Tien, all he ever does is train because that's his entire life. Tien is, is thirty years old. <laughs> I know but he's four hundred. Right. So why would a character who has devoted their entire life, undying life, if you will, to the martial arts, just suddenly stop training altogether? He just was like, I'm he done. Clearly like, didn't, or else he wouldn't be able to go to even like compete in the uh, tournament of power. But that's what I'm wondering. They, I that's, just think that's they off screened his training, obviously. And and what's he gonna do? Say, hey Goku, can you spar with me? Goku will just throw him through a fucking mountain. Literally, yeah, literally kick him across the ocean. But I think that's the thing, right? Is that they shoehorned him in, and then they gave him literally. If you remember the scene, he had like a mini Ultra Instinct and threw fists with Jiren for a couple seconds there's no fucking way he should be able to have done that that's such an ass pole thing like it definitely yeah, is yeah. but I, I don't think that makes him underrated or sorry I think, overrated I, I think it does make him overrated i think they Ow, just they, no because sense. because the 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 story is just including him because oh shit we haven't done anything with master roshi for a while let's just add him in and at the fault of making his character completely inconsistent at that point there's no reason why he should be able to do the things he was doing like there's no rhyme or reason for it like how the hell did you i I just think it was he was kind of poorly written just to make him included in super that's all um i i mean i think that's neither here nor there i mean it's impossible Mm -hmm. to really i don't know I, it doesn't make him overrated, so like that's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> so to to kind of address your flying situation, um, yes, it's kind of weird that he never learned to fly, but he did, if you recall, give Goku the flying Nimbus when he was a kid. So okay. if you really think about it, he could have he was flying all this time on the flying Nimbus. Why would he need to learn how to fly, right? So is he really? But the flying Nimbus, I don't think he did because the flying Nimbus requires someone with pure of heart, purity of heart to actually sit on it. Can you tell me right now that Master Roshi is truly pure of heart, as pervy yeah. as he is? As pervy as he is, you're going to tell me right now that he is able to fly on the Nimbus? Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's why he gave it to him. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I can't use it. I found this thing. I found this cloud, and it's cool. You want it? Yeah, sure. I know Krillin couldn't do it. There's that scene in Dragon Ball Original where he couldn't he couldn't sit on the Nimbus, but I can't imagine that Roshi could. Was there ever a scene where he did? I don't I, I can't recall that far back. I'm just saying he did give that to him, so presumably right. you would think that he had some situation where he could have used it, you know? Um, he got real pervy at three hundred and eleven. <laughs> That's yeah, he I mean was maybe. Good for three hundred years, yeah, and then he just got real pervy. But I mean, like, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like part of his character that he would need to really fly. Because remember, until until Goku and all these like insano people show up, yeah, there's never really a threat requiring like you know instant transmission where you can you know leap across a galaxy instantly. You can right. fly. You can you know. There's just like not really that big of a deal 
on Earth. That's actually, the, until... that's actually the main point. Yeah, that's actually the main point that I saw in a lot of these forums because I was looking up uh, good arguments for like, because that was the one thing I was like, he can't even fly. Wait, why can't he fly? And I started doing some research. The forums, a lot of the counterpoints was exactly what you just said. He had no need to be able to fly anywhere because he had no need to be somewhere so quickly all the time that required that. But I still think as someone who is, that's where I keep going back to is that he's a man who's devoted his life to the martial arts. Why would he not want to assimilate every technique he could possibly have within himself? And his rival of all people was the one human who developed the ability to fly in dragon. I think it's, I think it's, it's definitely reasonable to mention that um, as like a, you know, he's a martial artist Mm -hmm. at heart. He should, he should want to learn all the things. Right. But I, I think when you really put into perspective, the dude's 400 fucking years old and he still got ridiculously strong for the for the super tournament, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just imagining he probably had to like, it's kind of like a, a video game where he specced exclusively into strength and, and yeah, not that's mobility. Yeah, that's his beefy you know? form. His beefy form would totally attest to that. Yeah, I can see that. So you're saying he is a, he's specialized, but I, I just can't, I can't grasp the idea of someone so undying and so like I could I can amass this level of martial arts talent, but then just stop totally training. Because I think he even said a couple times in early Dragon Ball Z that he's just like he's just chilling at Kami House, like he's not training anymore. But why? Threats keep coming to his doorstep, Earth's doorstep, really. And you would think that he'd be the guy, like he stopped. Uh, Goku's grandpa Gohan from becoming a uh, basically a world busting machine and he stopped King Piccolo so it's obvious he takes it upon himself to defend the earth when needed are you saying that the fact that Goku and the Z fighters exist he's resigned himself to not having to do that anymore to not having to train I'm almost like 90 to 100% sure he literally says that in that tournament near near where Goku wins you know and beats him yeah he basically says, like, okay, now I can chill because I've been literally doing this for 400 fucking years. And now I have someone that's strong enough to actually make it work. I, like, I genuinely think that, that he said that. Now, like, thinking back. Interesting. Yeah, I think I remember something like that, too. So he's just like, you guys got it. It's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think we've seen a lot of anime where, uh, think, like, everything from Baki to... Kenichi the Mightiest Warrior and everything like that. These martial artists live their life not for the sake of just being a protector, but they devote themselves to the art of martial arts. And I, Masaroshi has lived one of the longest lives of a lot of these uh, martial artist sensei guys. I, I just keep coming back to why did he just stop? Like, isn't that his entire life purpose? Like, isn't that the point? Okay, but remember, he he was literally the strongest man on Earth for (laughs) like a hundred years. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I feel like at that point, it'd be kind of freaking boring if you're like, literally, nobody can beat me. Like, what's even the point of continuing to to try and train? And I think that's probably where you see a little bit of the drop off. Um, But to address some of the situations you had where he, you know, he didn't show up for sell he didn't show up for boo saga he didn't show mm-hmm. up etc cetera, etc cetera. i think right. um potentially you had toriyama just kind of forget about his you know demon ceiling wave ah uh, uh the fact that he can like basically hacks anything um yeah that that evil containment wave is basically like uh, you brought it up yeah it's ridiculous it could it could take out anybody if well, it didn't actually. It didn't take out Frost necessarily. So you can be strong enough to overpower it. But he didn't, he could, like, that's the thing. He didn't encounter anybody of that caliber until literally multiple universes were in play, right? So yeah. in his own universe, I imagine that is a hacks of any and all kind. Yeah, I mean, look, it's just, it's an unreal ability. I think that's probably why he kind of chilled on it, uh, Toriyama. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, didn't pass it to Goku to basically just like go cheat in every fight. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I think like he, he was probably considering himself as like the last line of defense. And if you remember in all those situations, 
uh, Bulma and Chi Chi would always be at his house during the, yeah. the big fight, you know? So I think you really think about it. He probably is thought of as like, Hey, protect the, the, the wives and children, you know, depending on the situation. That's but, actually a really good point. I never, I, never I mean, also to consider it like, when Goku is a little boy, his power level is over 9,000 and Roshi's is 150. Like if you're, if you're in that kind of situation, why would you try? I'd be like, yeah, go ahead and handle it. <laughs> Your son is stronger than anyone I've ever met. <laughs> That's a good point. But yeah, so I think to wrap up the arguments here, I think, um, my personal opinion is I don't actually don't think he's over or underrated. I think he's exactly where he should be in the fan base. People do celebrate him for being one of the most iconic senseis of all time. And, you know, he, he, his, in terms of like meta analysis, he is the comedic relief. Like you said, he, his pervertedness is actually hysterically funny. And it's like his one weakness. I think they even in resurrection of F or something, he even said he overcame his perviness at some point. Do you remember that? It was part of his training for the, uh, for the tournament. Okay, so they showed that he did train. Yeah. But uh yeah, man, over arguing Roshi is overrated. That's that's it was tough. I felt like he did a good job though. I'm gonna I'm gonna toot my own horn a little bit. I felt like that's the, the best I think anyone could do. It wasn't bad, for sure. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But yeah, um, I, I think underrated was definitely the easier of the two because he is uh he's a lovable dude. You can't help but love Roshi. He's a good guy. I think he he's clearly like at least normally rated, but probably more than likely underrated just because like, it's easy to forget about a lot of those feats and the fact yeah. that the dude is 400 effing years old. Like it's actually ridiculous right there, right there is I think the people often over, uh, not that they overlook it, but they forget it is that this man is a walking mass of 400 years of martial arts training and history. He knows these techniques, his hacks, more than most shows feel validated because he's lived so long. He has seen so much that even the evil, the, even the evil containment wave as hacks as it is, it makes sense that no other character would know something like that. But Roshi, it makes a lot of sense. He would know that technique. So, yeah, I'm a, I am a Roshi fan. I do like him a lot. It was very hard for me. Uh, well, I think it's just it's just sick uh, that they kind of brought him back into the limelight in Super and kind of did something with him. I think I'm happy it, they did that. It yeah. was it was like you know his complete absence and all those big fights you know previously uh, in, right. in Z was was definitely like a big hit to his character. I feel because I mean you we grew it up was, like yeah. like thinking this dude's an absolute G and then he just kind of like vanishes. Yeah, but uh, I looked up a couple of random things, just like other kind of facts about him. Sure. Let's I'll just throw it. you a few. Uh, yeah, yeah. So his appearance is based on a, on God and Dr. Slump. So there was a comedy series by um, Akira Toriyama uh, called Dr. Slump. That's where the areola come from, I think. Oh, yeah. They had that gag episode like that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's like the god in that episode in that show. So it's kind of funny. Interesting. That's cool. Um, he also blew up the moon, which is pretty chill. When did he do that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. in one of the tournaments that they were fighting, Goku like starts turning into a big bad boy. Um, oh, right. So wait, he blew up the moon and then Piccolo later blew up the moon. Yep. That's some continuity shit right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, Toriyama, get your it's shit together. Super weird. I don't really get it still, but YOLO. <laughs> he uh, Yo appeared in an episode with Sanji from One Piece. Did he really? Yeah. Was it in One Piece, I'm yeah. assuming? Oh, that's really cool. Was he like traveling? Like wh what context was he appearing with, Sh with Sanji? Uh, the chef of the Straw Hat Pirate crew generally goes for a more overblown romantic technique with ladies as opposed to Roshi's outright creepiness, but has still shown he is not above <laughs> attempting to sneak in an appropriate glance, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> the chapter is far from canon and such. Roshi and Sanji are portrayed as police officers on their way to attend Shinron's tea party. <laughs> Obviously, Wait, they spend most of their what? time chasing down attractive women. So basically, it's like this random, like, crossover in a different thing yeah 
It's called really uh, Cross Epic. It's a one-shot manga <laughs> written by Akira Toriyama and Ichiro uh, Oda. So that's pretty funny. That's cool. That's really cool. I mean, um, he also has hypnosis and te- telepathy, which is shown in the original. Oh yeah, he does have telepathy. I forgot about the hypnosis, but I forgot he can move shit with his mind. Makes a lot of sense. He trained Chi-Chi's dad. Did he really? King Yama? What? No. King Yami? King Yama. Well, what's what's uh, what's Chi-Chi's dad name? The the horned oh. guy at the end of Snake Way? Snake yeah. Row, whatever the hell it's called? That's not her dad. What? Her dad's name is the Ox King. He's like an actual The Ox King. king. Okay. What? Oh, I thought it was... Oh, oh okay. <laughs> what was, the fuck? I, honest, I honest to God thought Chi-Chi's dad was the dude at the desk at the end of Snake Way. <laughs> Koenma. Koenma, sir. My B. No, but, King uh, Yama or Yami. That's or cool. That's really uh, cool. And then apparently he also fought Broly in one of the movies when he was hammered. Oh, Drunken Fist. My dude. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, that was Drunk- just some random shit. But yeah. Hey, Lord. Yeah, Big Roshi Random Roshi. Yeah, Rochi I mean, is cute. He, he's one of those few characters that stuck around through the entirety of Dragon Ball's history for a reason. So go watch yeah. yourself some Dragon Ball. Get yourself uh, get yourself that nostalgia kick for all of you uh, and, uh, old Dragon Ball fans out there um, and see all of Roshi's feats firsthand. But if you want to watch something that's a lot worse than Dragon Ball, it is now time for Worst of Weeb. Yeah. And mm. this was a special one because we actually watched it or I streamed it essentially in our discord and we had people yes. from our Patreon able to actually watch along with us and comment on how fucking terrible it was. Yeah. Um, so if you so want to get, if you get, if you get on that action, um, one do- just the $1 tier and any tier above it, both the $1 tier will get you access to the discord. When we do these worst of leave episodes, we're going to try to stream, uh, basically have a watch party of these awful awful ovas and animes and uh you can comment we can have a, a a good fun time it was super fun to kind of just sit there and comment about that uh in real time but it's a good time so uh except that this anime wasn't a good time this anime that we watched for worst of weeb is known non-affectionately in the community as skelter heaven a ova that came out in 2004 that has a 1.87 on mal very very bad very very bad (laughs) yeah i mean like so i think it's a 1.8 and let's be real it does not even i don't even know like actually 1.8 is pretty bad so maybe it does like deserve that but i think i think it landed right where it needed to land it's like really there's hardly a story um (laughs) i will say i was i was fairly impressed by the art of all the 2d sections yeah, it's shockingly, it had. Did you feel like a Code Geass kind of feel a little bit? Almost. I'm trying to think of what. Um, I mean, I mean, style. it really, really tried to be Evangelion, so I would imagine yes, that's yeah, what yeah. they were hitting at. So it, it has all the trimmings for a good worst of weeb candidate because it the source was a game, as we've said in the past, and I'll ever go back and watch all of our worst of weeb episodes. But the majority of those, the source material is a game. It was sci-fi and mech. It was only 19 minutes. And what really worried me the most about this one is that if you look at the producers, the licensors in the studios, the producer was Idea Factory. That's cool. But licensors and studios, none found. There was no <laughs> no studio to be found for this show. <laughs> what probably happened is they put it out and they're like, uh, can you go ahead and take our yeah. name off that? <laughs> Yeah, they took their name off. We don't want to be associated with this shit. This is I awful. I nothing to do with that, dude. <laughs> I imagine they were probably super proud, and then they saw the ratings. They're just like, uh, yeah, we didn't do who, what? Skelter Heaven, what? We didn't do that. That's not us. We didn't do this. I mean, to be honest, like, it wasn't really, like, the studio's fault, though. Like, I felt like everything related to, like, a studio was fine. The problem was really the story was just terrible. Yes, and it, it what was really what was really shitty about it was a lot of the ones we did in the past. They're so bad, they're funny. This one was just bad. Period. There was no. It didn't feel fun. There was some. We had fun because it was a watch party, but watching it wasn't like giving me a chuckle necessarily all the time, like maybe Mars of Destruction or Psychic Wars did. But man, this it, it just was so lacking in substance. I don't know. 
is bad. It's just so bad. Um, but it starts out with what we have said in the past is a hallmark of really bad worst of weeb animes. A panning shot of the planet. That seems to be so consistent, right? But yeah, I mean, absolutely everyone that's god awful is going to be that uh, as a start. <laughs> the most disconcerting thing, other than uh, the obvious, you know, Earth Pan, was mm-hmm. this crazy, creepy heartbeat just beating for like way too fucking long, like maybe four yeah. minutes before anything started. <laughs> and that was the entire, yeah, because it was only 19 minutes and four of it was a panning shot of the Earth and a heartbeat. Come on. It, it was unbelievable. <laughs> Even I, Ethan on the stream was just like, please, for the love of God, get to the fucking anime, please. Oh, uh, God. Then they, they run this like two to three second kind of clip before the the <laughs> the OP starts. And yeah. it's basically a newscast of him saying, unidentified objects have uh, basically entered Tokyo airspace. And then he's like, Four I'll times. repeat again. <laughs> yeah. Um, same exact thing, and then it literally uh, does it show the girls yet, or does it just hop straight into the OP? It hops straight into the OP, and then you, see which the is even weirder. So it's yeah. showing you all these girls in the OP, and you're like, who are these people? Are what do they have people? to do with anything? You find out our main ish character Fungami is uh leading a charge against this threat that the TV guy said five times was in the atmosphere. Um. And Ethan, describe for them what this antagonist looked like. What was the the evil forces that be? Yeah, so clearly a, a an attempt to make an angel um, from Evangelion, <laughs> but yeah. essentially it's a Malimar from from uh, from Pokemon. Uh, I think it it's looks like, like a yeah, it looks like a. Space I don't know what win. generation that is. Uh, uh, five, four, five diamond or something i don't fucking know diamond yeah that's it feels like five i don't know black white maybe um anywho it's basically this like upside down squid and it's got two big eyeballs and these like tentacles obviously (laughs) and this thing is a uh he's a buster for sure anything that gets close he immediately slaps away little boys him just pop yeah, fuck out of my face. Yeah, he Get either hits him or just like random ass lasers will blast out of nowhere and, and take him out. I thought they were uh, like tiny tentacles out of his own tentacles. That was later, that was... but those those first oh, okay. two, I'm pretty sure oh, he just right. laser beams them. Just literal eyelids done. So basically the the main crux of this OVA is you have this Fungami guy who is uh, leading a charge against the space squid and he basically is in like this control center and they say here is your harem here's your scientifically generated harem and it's five girls that are part of his squad that are meant to operate these poorly animated cgi mechs essentially and and it's like worse than a mech it's literally like um if you okay, this is going to be like a little off the wall, but here we go. If you guys here have ever go. watched The Matrix, there's a little mechs in there where Ooh. you're like essentially still external to the to um like the atmosphere, but you're just in this basically slightly taller version of a human being with a gun. Oh, um, yeah. Another movie you could um equate that to is Avatar, the 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 live action one with the blue people. Not the yeah, last yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah, the one the the soldiers, the humans were what they were wearing is essentially what these look like, for sure. Except those are even and a little bit bigger. These are like max twelve feet tall, like a max. If that, yeah, if that. But uh, uh, one, they went to kill the killer, and all of the girls were wearing very skimpy outfits. It was like it was weird because it wasn't like fan service, but it was just there. It didn't feel like even it, it wasn't like an intentional. Oh, these are fan servicey. This is just like okay, they're girls in skimpy outfits. They never make any mention of them or weird camera angles or anything. They're just girls in skimpy outfits. And uh, answer me this, Ethan. Were were these? Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. Was this squad of women, those humans, not so humans? Were they generated or were they made by this organization, this nameless organization that Fungami kind of worked for? 
think really I think the, I the crux of how fucking bad this show was they would <laughs> they would like continue with the action of the story and then they do this weird like jump back in time and basically show you pre yes. pre the show flashbacks that we had never been exposed to previously and this happened yeah. multiple times but the one specifically just, he's talking about it shows like the main chick just like naked in a i guess tub of water and it's like uh there there's a funa guy who's like their team commander and the obvious like uh ikari's dad uh oh yeah he even had the aesthetic type guy he had the aesthetic of it yeah yeah and he goes we've made these artificial humans for for you know <laughs> basically for this uh task yeah. and he's like but we got to be careful because they can be too powerful. And it's like, what? Oh, my God. What, 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 yeah, exactly. What? Really? And they're all, like, super subservient, like, to... Yeah, they're, they're like, Fugami, absolute like, subs. And yes. ha- have, at, at least to this point, not showed literally any powers or abilities whatsoever. <laughs> Just big they show, energy. They show them yes. for, like, two seconds training, and it's them in, like... <laughs> And these, this shit. these chairs that like vibrate you right and so just imagine girls basically wearing no clothes just vibrating in chairs like making all these just bad sounds and, yeah. and uh funa guy just watching them it's like the, somewhat the creepiest shit ever <laughs> it's really creepy and is that for me the one thing i kept asking myself was if these women were artificially generated specifically to pilot these mechs why did they need a training arc? Even more so, the only training they do is showing them running on a track and sitting on vibrating seats making hentai noises. Like, is that all it takes to operate a mech? What's, ab- what's absolutely worse than that yeah. is the, the only other training you see is this one girl shooting bows and arrows. Uh, Midori. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> There is no tie-in whatsoever to why the hell she was doing that. They didn't it even makes... show everybody, which is funny. They yeah, only... there was a fifth girl they never even mentioned. <laughs> there, she was just there. Yeah, they, they, they obviously focused on three of the five, and then the fourth one gets like a second of airtime before getting swatted out of the sky. <laughs> and then the fifth girl doesn't even show up at all except in the lineup and the OP. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... Hell? I don't know. I don't really. I honestly don't think you, you and I could have come up with a story that's worse than what we we saw. I mean, there's just no way. Because right. I try to it, tie it all together, at least. <laughs> I think the what was weird was the effort it took to probably string that story together was probably more effort it would have taken to write a half-ass decent five out of ten mal story. Right? Hundred percent. It took a lot of effort to make it this bad. I feel like. There is somebody at the idea factory that needs to be fired because their ideas in that factory are not that great. Obviously, <laughs> apparently they're out of them. <laughs> they're yeah, the factories run dry. Um, so they go and attack the space squid, right? They go. Um, there's this whole weird dialogue between uh, Lynn and uh, was it Misaki? And there's like this weird like love situation going on there that she's like. Misaki is going first and Lynn is pissed off. Oh, no, it's the other way around. Misaki is second and she's pissed off about it that Lynn gets to go first to attack the space squid. I don't I don't get that. I don't know why you were you were correct originally. (laughs) Oh, was I? Okay. Yeah. One of the two. I don't it's not worth it. But Blonde is mad because she's clearly the most gifted, but she is told that she's like basically the follower to to uh, Misaki. Okay. Okay. And Masaki is like all, uh, she's got like, you know, self-doubt and shit like that. And she's like, oh my gosh, I really am not as good as her. I wonder why he's making me do it. It'd probably be so much better if it were her. You know, like pretty much the classic anime bullshit with the like random girl having zero self-confidence. And then, um, but for whatever reason, she throws in this line at the end is like, mate, like, I'll sh- I'll do it and I'll make sure it goes well because I love him. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what tripped me up so much is that they maybe had 
a handful you can count on one hands the amount of times that they mentioned love anywhere in there and fungami seemed like he didn't give a fuck right what's like, even worse they did not show any of the characters more than once before we got this like insane love story and it's like she just mentioned or, or they told us well yeah. this didn't really happen yet but they're about to tell us that she's an artificial life form whose right. sole duty is to go die fighting this fucking thing. <laughs> and they're going to tell they, us, like, oh, there's this love yeah. story also. Don't worry. <laughs> I think what they wanted to do was, like, she's artificially created. She's like an android of sorts. And then tried to, like, what is love? I'm learning what love is. I'm this advanced. But they didn't clearly have the time for that. So they said, fuck it. She loves him anyway. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> it's just, I love her. I love him. It's fine. But the one thing I wanted to ask you about these particular worst of weebs we've been doing, I'm seeing a trend here that a lot of these come from games. Do you think that these animes, these OVAs, have been produced with the assumption that only those that are, like, anyone that's watching these has played the game? And has a lot more knowledge than we do. Is there? You think there's backstory in those games that are just makes these random flashbacks not seem so random, or are they just literally putzing around, not actually giving a shit, and just making some adjacent anime for it? Um, I think that's a really tough question because you got to think: Why would you make an anime for a game if your goal wasn't to one expand on the world or two? Right bring people that aren't playing the game to come play the game. And if, think, if, if you're yeah. doing the second one, you can't assume they already know stuff about the world because that's literally the point of this type of, you know, thing. And then if you're doing the first, yeah. you know, expanding on, you know, the world or whatever, bring you know, like adding basically bonus content, you'd think you'd want to like yeah. do something a little different or like add some, you know, depth. But well, that that's where I was going with this is that if, this game, like game source with an anime that's adjacent to it is being produced by these studios and basically put out into the world to try to advertise essentially the game, which is what they're obviously hopefully putting all of their time into. You would think that them doing this would make an easy entry. You want to actually attract people to the game. But all of these animes that are game adjacent, like, they're awful. I want to play these games way less now, right? I don't want to play these. They sound awful. If this is what the anime is, the game can't be that much better, right? So, like, I almost get curious to see, like, what the hell the game could possibly be about, right. you know? Right, right. But, like, that is a, <laughs> that is a dangerous, slippery slope to be playing with. You know what in I mean? The, like, like make something right. so bad that somebody's curious how how a game could even work like that. Like that is a slippery fucking slope, That's and I think it, it slips too. you all the way down to a one point eight on Mal. <laughs> Jesus, yeah, and basically you've basically tainted your IP. Hundred percent. If this is if this is a game that is trying to attract people who are already attracted to anime, it is not a very long logical leap to say okay. We're trying to get anime fans to join our game because it has that aesthetic. Let's make an anime because that's probably what they're going to see before the game. Why wouldn't you try to put like a lot of money, time, and like that is your commercial. That is your trailer. Why are you making these awful ass animes? That's why I think I like Raju Muhammad a lot back when we did with Two Guys in a Warehouse because that anime was spawned from a game. But that anime was great. I actually think I would really enjoy that game because the anime was solid. The characters were fun. The animation was really solid. And that is how you do a game anime right. This and the ones we've watched for Worst of Weeb, they're basically uh, they're, they're taking their game out back and shooting it with a bad anime. <laughs> why would you why would you do that? It doesn't yeah, make sense I to me. I definitely think it's like definitely detrimental to the IP in general. But I will say, I think probably the anime of Rage of Bahama is actually probably better than the game would be my guess. I believe but, it. But I would say if you have an, uh, a game that's willing to invest the money into a studio like MAPPA, 
right. do you think they even need an anime? Because they're clearly doing pretty effing well. I, I, I think it's... I think it basically sends you in further directions on the opposite ends of the quality scale, right? If you already have a good game that's doing well, you then have cash to go give to a real studio and writers and animators to make a pretty decent show that even if you didn't do uh, any game involvement, you didn't download the mobile game or whatever game it is, you'd still enjoy the anime. That's where I think Rage of Muhammad went. The game probably is good enough to fund a decent-ass anime. On the other end... You have things like Pastel Memories and Skelter Heaven, like this, where the game itself probably is super Mars shit. Mars of Destruction. Is Mars of Destruction also a game anime? Yeah. Well, there you go. They, they clearly aren't doing so well because they, or they don't give a shit and they just want to put an anime out there. In any case, you basically have put a Mar on your IP by putting out this really awful piece of content. Just let your game speak for itself if you're not going to go full hog, right? Because this is this is awful. I would never, I would never play Skelter Heaven. I don't want. To. <laughs> yeah, definitely, it. definitely bad. And like, so have you ever played um, Naruto Storm Four? Yeah, yeah, I played it with Petbot. So when you actually just play the like uh, the single player mode and like the story, you get these like cutscenes that we never saw in the actual anime. That really Those like build a bunch of lore. Those are rad as hell. Isn't the Kisame Itachi initial fight from that game? And there's yeah. like a and a lot of people who do Naruto scaling and analysis go to the Hashirama and Madara fight from that because there's a speculation that the only time you ever see Madara's true Mangekyo power is in that cutscene where you can do like a tiny Izanagi or Izanami. Basically, you can turn back time just very slightly, and it's in one of those cutscenes. That's great. I love that shit. But when you when you like cut them all up from the middle of your game and you throw them together into an like basically a, a additional anime, right? That one actually is fun to watch. Is interesting, adds depth, and doesn't make you hate the op or the uh, ip. I think interesting if if games want to get into this space where they're bringing all this together they need to do it as part of the game as cutscenes, right find a way to have the game budget also pay for some of these like things and you don't have to make them insane just make them like decent and make sense as you snip them all together and then whammy i think you could actually pull this off not spending too much extra money Two uh two games that do that actually extremely well to the point where it is integral to the actual game itself. Persona. The Persona, the Persona series and Catherine. Both of those have anime cutscenes, well animated, well voiced. Uh, I never played Catherine, but I played a Persona game before, and it it augments my experience as an anime fan as a weeb, if I do say so myself. Basically, it, it makes my experience better. So I, I hear what you're saying. I totally agree that if you're going to go try and make an OVA or an entire anime season like Pastel Memories, ugh, but take that time and effort, condense it down to maybe 15 minutes of total footage and then put cutscenes. Here's a good in, question. Yeah. Was this show, was this OVA better than Pastel Memories or worse? Oh, wow. I think it was better because it was over quicker. <laughs> that doesn't count <laughs> okay but uh i think it know, was worse i think it was worse i think it was worse than pastel memories because at least pastel memories felt semi-coherent, semi-coherent. Yes! <laughs> yes i can at least i can at least grasp why i hated it so much with this there was so little to grasp that i just didn't understand why this vitriol exists in me after these 19 minutes <laughs> Yeah, so I think it was worse. I think it was worse than Pastel Memories, and I I didn't think I'd ever actually say that. Same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I think I gave it. I think I gave Pastel Memories a three, because it had decent animation for like forty five seconds at the very end, and there was uh, at least some kind of story that I I could follow, even if it made me want to pull my teeth out. This I think one eight is so on point for this. Yeah, I mean. I would say, like, if if you wanted to just stick to like round numbers, it'd be closer to a one than a two for me. Uh, yeah, okay, I can, so I can vibe with that. I'd probably say like a, a, a fourteen, not a, 
you know, 18. <laughs> but yeah, so something my dad actually suggested unrelated yep. to all this is interesting us compiling like all of our ratings and doing like post on Patreon with like an updated list of like what we've rated everything. Interesting. And uh, I'm considering doing that, but that does require me going back and listening to all of our ratings. Every single <laughs> one. But hey, you know what? The, the silver lining to that suggestion is that means your dad is truly listening to our show because he knows we rate a lot of stuff. So he listens to every episode. God, your dad's so cool. And he just yeah, he just so has cool. one little challenge for your dad. And he said, yo, what's up, man? Why aren't you listening? What's funny, man, is like my dad, he doesn't necessarily listen to our show, but he is watching a lot of he, he watches uh, abroad in Japan. He watches a lot of YouTube videos it. about Japanese culture, and he loves Japanese culture just as a concept, the way that they're about more of a collective rather than individualism and he and I have a lot of really good discussions about Japanese culture. And I, you know what, if, if he's not going to listen to my show, I think that is the next best thing. I'm going to tell him right now, dad, maybe one day you'll listen to this and thank you for listening. When you finally get around <laughs> to do it, like I keep telling you to do, I'm not bitter. I'm a little tell. bitter, bro. <laughs> a little bitter, bro. Uh, you know but yeah, think, we got to yeah. hang out with your pops for sure. Once I'm not Corona and then uh, we'll just see what's up. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't think you ever said it on air. You only said it on the syllabus sidebar. I was going to keep that a secret, but I, well, I don't know if it. I actually have Corona, but you know, all the signs are there, my dude. You got exposure. You feel like you're telling me you don't exactly feel on the up. Wog shit. Yeah. Anywho, maybe we'll <laughs> just have an episode with your dad talking about Japanese culture. Yeah. I think he would love to come on. I think he really would. And uh, right, he, yeah, I don't give a fuck. He's not a, he's not a big camera guy. He actually had to go on the news recently because he is the uh, f- uh, director of facilities for a certain college. And as people know, in this isolation situation, schools opening in terms of facilities, cleanliness and maintenance is kind of a uh, a big freaking deal. So he went on Fox News and uh, talked about what it's like to open a college during these times. But he doesn't like being on camera a lot. And I guess on mic is an adjacent. So. We'll see if he's in for it. But if he is, let's get him gonna on the show. going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He'll be good. You know what's whack about that thing is that school what? has been completely shut down to the public for like months now. Yeah, that entire campus. They they said no. No one can come on. And I, li- I can ride my bike by it, you know, on that certain trail that right. goes past it. And yeah. it's just like completely fenced off. And I'm like, what the fuck? That's the only bathroom yeah. for 20 miles. <laughs> I never even considered that. Yeah. I never considered that. But I'm, we're doing so good at not doxing ourselves today. It's great. I know. I'm like actually a little bit impressed, but I'm also flirting with danger to see if you do it. I'm not doing it. I won't do it because I'm the doc. I'm the doxing issue here. I will. <laughs> I'll just accidentally cough and say Ethan's address of the lab. And uh, <laughs> oops, crap. oops. Oh shit. But uh, I think that's oh. honestly it for today's episode thank you all for coming to class if you want to check us out on youtube all of our old stuff is gonna be filmed and on youtube for your viewing pleasure but me and ethan have been discussing ways to give you some visuals while we talk over uh uh, basically some kind of pot like some visuals to our podcast we're talking about gaming and stuff and i think that'd be i think it'd be pretty cool if you guys want that yeah, I mean, so since we're like remote and we're not really doing yeah. like video casts, I don't really know how to how to make it appealing for a YouTube audience. So we're just we're just shooting around, you know, some ideas, figure out what exactly what to do uh, hey, related exper- to bringing we, that. Yeah, we experiment in the lab. That's the whole point. Science requires some uh, some left field ideas. Yeah, I mean, I mean we've even, been like hella slacky yeah. on YouTube, and sorry for that <laughs> for sure. But, uh, you know, it's the times. It's the times. It looks like a slight bit of slack because we're just trying to figure it all out. Right, right. But if you want to just listen with your ears and not your eyes, go check us out on Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. uh, I guess now Pandora, iHeartRadio and anywhere else you get your podcast fix. Come check us out on Instagram at webology.podcast. We got memes on memes on news and giveaways every so often. We still I think we're going to have to pick someone new for that 12 month Crunchyroll Premium, because uh, our boy Phenomenal has not responded to any of my messages, which is a sad day. But <laughs> I want to give it to him. I, w- I really do. But hey, we that tried, means someone else. Like, we tried. Times. We tried, but that means someone else might be able to win it. 
I actually so, made us a link tree, but now yeah. I don't know the actual link. <laughs> <laughs> you actually? Yeah. That's cool. Well, well, next episode, we'll probably get that to you. Maybe an episode after that. But uh, check us out on Twitter. Also, at WeBologyP. Um, we're being more and more active. If you interact with us on Twitter, we will finally learn how to use this, uh, this newfangled technology uh, <laughs> and social media. Where I, it's not exactly my forte, Twitter, but, you know. It's uh something we want to be engaged in. So, what else we got? Well, Patreon. Okay, I found it. You Link found it. Tree. Yes. Uh, or I think it's. First of all, I hate when websites do this shit. It's l i n k t r dot e e slash webology. That's pretty cool, though. I actually kind of like that. I don't like, I don't like dot e e because dot e e is a little weird for sure. <laughs> yeah so yeah it's just like a, a basic thing it's got like only a couple of our our links on here i'll try to add the rest but i'm also considering just buying webology.com Ooh, yeah I'd, i would love to cook that website up that'd be cool maybe i could just do something like wix or something just to make it look sexy but quick you know well ryan's been crazy. been talking about this way where you don't have to pay for like hosting and shit so mm, that's really know, cool talk to him and figure out what the fuck's up more at 11 we'll do that anyway uh, yeah we, yes, we got yeah it's been a good one we got patreon too if you feel like you can contribute to us monetarily we would sincerely appreciate it only if you can patreon.com slash rebology we got tears we've been cooking on getting the first wave of merch out as in we i mean me trying to actually get all that set up um but uh yeah you get a uh, discord extra content and merch in the mail very very soon for show Mm-hmm. But I think that's all of our plugs. Until next class, I'm Ricky. And I'm Ethan. And this has been Webology. Deuces! <laughs> oh man, I, I want Skeltron. Yeah, I don't know.